We've got a gift. So what is it? My dad. And we want our teen TV. It's kind of my entire life. I'm Jared Hall from Entertainment Weekly, and here's what to watch on Monday, May 17th. We're counting down today's top three must-see picks from TV and movies. But first, your entertainment headlines. Blackish creator Kenya Barris has announced that the upcoming eighth season of that show will be its last. In a social media post, he said it is both exciting and bittersweet and adds that the, quote, entire and amazingly stellar cast will be coming back to close this chapter out with us the right way. ABC announced other cancellations and renewals as well. The Blackish prequel series Mixedish is among those that will be done this season, along with American Housewife, For Life, and Rebel. Among the new shows coming to the network are the Wonder Years reboot, with Don Cheadle serving as series narrator. And CBS announced some cancellations of its own. All Rise and The Unicorn will both be ending with their current seasons. The network dramas Clarice and Seal Team will be moving to Paramount+. Plus for their next seasons. And first reactions are out for Disney's Cruella, the 101 Dalmatians live-action prequel starring Emma Stone. Critics largely praise the movie as wickedly fun and absolutely divine, with several comparing it to The Devil Wears Prada. That movie debuts May 28th in theaters and on Disney Plus with premiere access. To read more of those reactions and to get other news, reviews, interviews, and more, head on over to EW.com. Now, time to raise our top three picks, starting with today's number three, Breeders. The FX comedy of parenthood wraps up its second season today, picking up in the aftermath of last week's cliffhanger. In case you missed it, Martin Freeman's Paul had a huge fight with his son Luke, which ended with Luke punching his dad in the face and running away from home. In tonight's finale, Paul will have to try to mend things on the day of his mother-in-law's wedding with only a few hours to deal with the crisis and make a potentially life-changing decision. Here's a preview. You say Luke hit you. And did you hit him? I don't hit my kids. I've never hit my kids. He never has. You can check. We were investigated. I think something's broken in the family. I can't be in the same house as you. I can't take the rage anymore. We're his parents. What we say goes. You don't actually want to make your son a prisoner, do you? That is quite the loaded pause there. One that all the parents out there can probably relate to. The Breeder season finale airs tonight at 10 on FX. It's trivia time! Breeder star Daisy Haggard appeared in two episodes of Doctor Who as the love interest of a character played by which late-night host? John Oliver, Craig Ferguson, or James Corden? Stay tuned, we'll have the answer later on. Number two. Getting back to today's picks, we're coming to the end of another network TV season, and our number two pick is a two-for-one of CBS comedies airing their finales tonight. First up at 8 p.m. is The Neighborhood, wrapping up its third season with a heartfelt episode. When Cedric the Entertainer's Calvin Butler receives an unconventional birthday gift involving his father, his neighbor, Max Greenfield's Dave Johnson, suggests they spend the day celebrating a way that honors the late Butler patriarch. Also, an unexpected development changes the Johnsons' lives forever. We're just guessing, but we think fatherhood may also be involved there. 
Then at 8.30, wedding bells are ringing on the season two finale of Bob Hart's Abishola, or at least they will be soon. While comparing their busy schedules, Bob and Abishola realize the perfect date for their wedding is in just three weeks and enlist their family and friends to help plan their big day. Once again, you can catch both of those shows starting at 8 p.m. on CBS. Often here on the What to Watch podcast, we are asking people what they are watching. And our staff, they typically have some really good picks. But of late, their energies have been focused uh, not just on some recent things that they're watching, but they've been going back into the vault to really think about the history of television and not just all television, but a very specific genre. And joining me now to break it all down, to tell all of you about it, is Ida senior writer Samantha Highfield. Hey, Sam, how are you? Hello. The, arguably the greatest genre of television, if you ask me. I mean, well, there are so many great entries in it, and let's tell everyone it is. It's Teen TV, and specifically this big initiative that we have started across digital platforms is I Want My Teen TV. Tell everyone about it and, and where the idea came from. Yeah. So I, I mean, I love teen TV. It's kind of my entire life. And so, um, our coworker, Shana Crockmall came to me with this idea a couple months ago of what if we dedicated the entire summer to teen TV? And of course I was in instantly. And so we started mapping out basically from now through August, we're going to have multiple pieces of content every week dedicated to some of our favorite teen shows. And we kicked it off with the list of the 50 best of all time. And from there, we will have, you know, stories about specific shows, specific scenes, other roundups, reported pieces, essays. It's just going to be a summer long celebration of possibly my favorite thing on this earth. You were made just for this, Sam. I have no doubt about that. So let's back up a little bit to uh, this past Monday when it launched with that list of the 50, not our favorites, but our definitive declarative list of the 50 best teen TV shows of all time. There were a lot of meetings about this. There were some very uh, friendly debates um, so take everyone into just the the creation of like how we even got to 50. We first had to define, you know, what's a teen show? Because there are right. a lot of lists out there. Some include shows like Friday Night Lights and Gilmore Girls. Some don't because they say it's too focused on the parents. We ultimately said any show that prominently features characters between the ages of 13 and 19 and focuses on teen issues, but then also doesn't quite feel too much like a family show, right? So right. like a family matters. Almost all of the action happens inside that house. It's very family focused. So stuff like that was cut. Yeah, it was a lot of debate, a lot of staff like voting. I was yeah. creating polls. <laughs> and it's ultimately always one of the more stressful things that we do because you do really want to get it right and you want to yeah. take everyone's opinions into consideration, but also just very fun. I love when we get to sit around and truly talk about something we care about because that's why we're in this job, because we have these opinions and because we care. Yeah, and we watch a lot of TV. Number two, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. So tell us a bit about the decision between this one and ultimately what was number one. 
Yeah. So it really did come down to, it was pretty obvious that the top two were going to be Buffy. And then ultimately our number one is Friday Night Lights. Ta-da. There was an argument to be made that like Buffy could be one. I mean, Buffy truly gave us a new way of telling teen stories. And, you know, the whole like high school is hell using these demons to deal with teen issues was brilliant, obviously. But ultimately, you know, what I was kind of surprised about is in terms of we talked about taking the entire staff's opinions into consideration. When it became a numbers game, there really wasn't much of a battle like Friday Night Lights was pretty across the board Mm -hmm. people loved it and once we kind of decided our parameters for what a teen show was and (laughs) therefore we knew it would include Friday Night Lights it was more or less I will say a no-brainer for that but Buffy is obviously super beloved and clearly I mean it got the number two spot so there you go yeah very well deserving I know you also uh, kicked off everything with this great essay. You spoke to some showrunners. Is there kind of one takeaway that you gathered from a lot of them who have written shows focused on teens that, uh, you know, for them, what makes this age, this time in people's lives so ripe for great television writing? Yeah, I mean, there was a lot, but I think a lot of them kind of kept coming back to, um, I think Greg Berlanti was the first one to say it to me, which is like the power of firsts. Mm. It's, you know, those are the years when you're going to theoretically have your first love or maybe your first heartbreak or the first time you drive a car. There's so many firsts when you're a teen and that's so powerful. And when you mix that with (laughs) the hormones, quite frankly, Mm. just the way that teens feel like when somebody you know says something mean to you it it can ruin your whole month I mean just the way they love so intensely and therefore they hurt so powerfully and it's just that time in your life honestly I keep equating it in my own head to like vampires like it feels Mm. like your all of your emotions are heightened when you're a teenager and so everything just is life or death and it's those are the stakes you try to create in any show and if you can have those stakes exist purely because your characters are a certain age. That's pretty magical. Indeed. Well, there is, uh, like you said, a lot to come in the coming months. I hope everybody checks it out. All of this is going to be on EW.com and, of course, across all of our social channels on Twitter, on Instagram, on TikTok. We've got you covered everywhere. So please be sure to check all that out and comment, engage. We want to hear what shows you loved as well. Sam, thank you so much for joining us and and spearheading this entire big operation. It's honestly been the pleasure of my career. I love it so much. (laughs) All right, stay tuned. Our number one pick is coming up. What to Watch will be right back. Hey, everyone. I'm Sid Evans, editor-in-chief of Southern Living and host of Biscuits and Jam. Since 2020, I've been interviewing musicians, chefs, authors, and other Southern icons about their family traditions, their faith, their favorite meals, and of course, what it means to be Southern. And I'm excited to announce season five of our award-winning podcast. Join me every Tuesday for new conversations with some of the most interesting and influential Southerners around. Be sure to follow Biscuits and Jam wherever you get your podcasts. You can also find us online at southernliving.com slash biscuits and jam. Welcome back to EW's What to Watch. This week in entertainment history, 
Pulp Fiction premiered at the Cannes Film Festival on May 21st, 1994, bringing Quentin Tarantino's twisted underworld tale to the world. Instantly provoking a wave of polarized reactions, the film would go on to win Cannes' top prize, the Palme d'Or, and become a cultural phenomenon upon its theatrical release that fall. In his original review of the film, EW's Owen Gleiberman wrote, quote, Watching Pulp Fiction, you don't just get engrossed in what's happening on screen you get intoxicated by it, high on the rediscovery of how pleasurable a movie can be. You can currently stream Pulp Fiction on HBO Max, best enjoyed with a Royale with cheese. And now, time to pass the ball to today's number one pick, All-American. Tonight's episode continues last week's powerful Black Lives Matter storyline, which focused on the community's reaction after a young black woman named Tamika Pratt was killed by police. At the end of last week's episode, Olivia released the body cam footage from Tamika's case against her DA mother's wishes. And this episode begins with the fallout, with Laura furious and left to face the consequences. Seeing everything going on, Spencer doesn't want to sit on the sidelines and ask something of his teammates that could jeopardize the rest of their season. Season. Meanwhile, Simone shows up again, worried about Jordan after his injury on the field a couple weeks back, and turns to his friends for help. Here's a clip from the episode. You got a sec to talk? What's up? Jordan, how does he seem to you lately? I mean, like, has he been acting like his normal self? Well, he just lost football, and he's recovering from a concussion, so I think he's doing the best he can. Yeah, you're right. And of course, our marriage drama with our families is not going to help. Wait, who's marriage? Ha ha, very funny, Asher. It's cool. Everybody knows now. Oh, wait. I'm sorry. I thought Jordan would have told you by now. Are you and Jordan are married? Yeah, Vegas, Summer. Who else knows? So, everyone but me? Asher, look, I promise it's, it's not like that. No, that's cool. I gotta get to class. It's kind of surprising that Asher didn't find out about that until right now, right? The summer secrets just keep coming back to haunt everybody. All-American kicks off tonight at 8 on The CW. And now the answer to our trivia question. Breeders star Daisy Haggard appeared in two episodes of Doctor Who alongside which late night host? John Oliver, Craig Ferguson, or James Corden? Well, this was technically before he was a late-night host. The answer is James Corden. He and Haggard appeared in episodes aired in 2010 and 2011 as an ordinary young British couple who encountered the Doctor, then played by Matt Smith. That is our show for today. We'll have more news and must-see picks for you tomorrow, so be sure to follow or subscribe to What to Watch so you don't miss our daily recommendations, more of which can be found at EW.com. I am Senior TV Editor Jared Hall. You can find us on Twitter at EW and at Jared Hall. Thanks so much for listening, and have a great day. What to Watch what to Watch is written by Tyler Aquilina, edited and produced by Joshua Heller, produced and hosted by Jared Hall, and executive produced by Shana Naomi Krokmal and Carly Usden.